So they say the only two definites in life are death and taxes. Personally, I think that, as a statement, while broadly true, isn't entirely accurate. Let me explain. We'll begin with the latter part of the statement, as in death and taxes, and whether or not they are definites. Now, I've had a fair amount to deal with as far as death is concerned in the last few months, so uh, grandmother, father, brother, all pretty much within the last six months. Um, as far as the taxes are concerned, well, I've had pretty much a whole adult lifetime of them, so I think I'm pretty well qualified to say the statement holds true. As a matter of fact, there are times when I've been in a full-blown audit, courtesy of my dear friends at the Kenya Revenue Authority, where I've often wondered if death may be a little more preferable. So a bit of a two-for-one there in terms of veracity. We can thus surmise that death and taxes are both definite definites. As unfortunate as they are, into each life the twain must present themselves, entirely unbidden and entirely unwanted. Much like that pimple, you know, that one that surfaces at the exact tip of your nose, precisely as you enter the function where there will be plenty of photographs taken, some of which will eventually end up framed on the walls of most of your closest relatives and friends, maybe even a nationally circulated newspaper, accompanied by the caption, Rudolph, is that you? So let's thus examine the first part of the statement. You know, the one at the beginning? You know, the bit that assesses that there are only two definites? Now, you see, that's where I have a little bit of an issue. I believe there's at least one more definite. One that happens far more often than either death or taxes. You know, seeing as in the case of death, unless you're exceedingly unfortunate and end up the plaything of a necromancer with like a yo-yo fixation, you're probably only going to experience it once in your lifetime. And in the case of taxes, despite the feeling that tax demands seem to come by pretty much every waking hour of every waking day, they're only a factor maybe twice or thrice a month. The other definite I'm referring to is, of course, change. Now, change is everywhere and all the time. It could be due to actions on your part or actions on the part of the universe at large, which is really damn inconsiderate of the universe at large, if you ask me. Anyway, regardless of the motivation of it, it's always there, ever-present, very much like that one relative at the buffet table who you really don't want to talk to. Always there. But here's the problem. Newton. Specifically, his first law of motion. That which states every object will remain at rest or in uniform motion in a straight line unless compelled to change its state by the action of an external force. I mean, you've heard of that. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody who's been through high school physics has had the unfortunate privilege of having to listen to those, so it's probably ingrained in your memory. It's right there in the text, okay? Objects, and humans most certainly are objects, we might look different, we might act different, but at the end of the day, we are pretty much objects. We would much prefer to remain in the state they're in, thank you very much, and will only change said state when compelled 
too. I mean, even the word compelled seems like something only a really harsh prison warden would count as a word for daily use. Every change is brought about by an external force. Again, it's right there in the text. Something that is not part of your current state of existence decides to reach your protective bubble. It will then proceed to prick it with the metaphorical pin of difference and let in the virus of change, destined to infect your happy state of inertia with the fever of unfamiliarity. The change, it could be big, could be small, it could be life-altering, it could be simply position-shifting. It's still a marked difference from what your existence was prior to the change. A new normal away from the old normal. A need for you now to internalize exactly how this new normal is different from the old normal and how your life needs to adapt to it. Seems like a lot of work, right? And here's the worst part. It happens all the time. I mean, I challenge you to pick a single day when absolutely nothing has changed. Where nothing happened to move you away from your sense of sedentary mental inertia. A day when everything happened as you had expected and planned for, and absolutely nothing happened that made you change, even in the slightest. A perfect day, as it were. Go on, imagine it. Go on. Give it a real good think. I'll give you some time. back? Any luck? No, I didn't think so. Seriously, the problem as I now see it isn't actually change, because, you know, as we've substantiated, change is inevitable. It is now classified in the dictionary of Alim as a definite. The problem, as I've now come to understand it, is how I deal with change. I I deal with change extremely badly. Like, really badly. I mean, I'm like the poster boy for how not to deal with change. In the future, psychology professors referring to a human being's lack of willingness to change will term it as alimosis, or, you know, something to that effect. But I've also come to the realization that not dealing well with change is also extremely counterproductive. I mean, it's patently absurd to completely and obstinately choose to fight against something as all-pervasive as change. I mean, I'd have better chances of an asthmatic ant blowing out an inferno having run the antian equivalent of a marathon. So I have begun, albeit slowly, to embrace change. Okay, so embrace is a bit of a strong word. It's more like a cordial head nod and how do you do as we pass each other along a corridor. But it's a start nonetheless. And here's the kicker, the drum roll. That in itself is, yes, you guessed it, a change. This is almost like the lowest budget version of Inception ever, where instead of dreams, the protagonist goes from a change into another change that has a change in itself. 
Look, I'm trying my best to handle change better. It's not easy, and some of the things, honestly, that have come up in the last few months have made it even harder to adapt to change. But adapt I must, as must we all. We must all accept change. I'm actually being sensible about this. For a change. Now, if you like this blog post, I would love for you to subscribe to my Substack account. Um, I think there should be a button somewhere there on the screen with you. Please go ahead and click onto it. It would be very, very nice for me. I would feel so much nicer and warmer on the inside. Think about that as your way of changing. It's doing something slightly different. It's a bit out of your norm, but I promise stuff there will be at least funny, maybe informative, but it'll make me happy. So selfishly, please click the subscribe button. Thank you.